Destroy All Children is a website just for you If playing with video games is what you like to do Or riding your brain with comics and first run movies too We've got a great selection of news and reviews So search us out on the web, you just won't get enough Of all our digital madness and other fancy stuff We'll also make you laugh until your tummy's feeling buff Destroy All Children you should go there now. Yeah. Hello and welcome to Destroy All Children. Knowing me, Larry Davis. Knowing you, George Brundle. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. We're here again. It's another week. Uh, exciting stuff happening in the world of video games. Oh, uh, also comic books. Well... Yes. Exciting and video games. Exciting is one word for it, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, exciting in the same way as like a large explosion would be exciting. Uh, our our thoughts go out to those affected in Baltimore. Oh, that I was thinking of the Beirut one, but also yes, okay. that too. Uh, yes. Look, there's a lot of explosions going on right now and I'm having trouble keeping up with everything. Yeah. Weird amount uh, of explosions. Yeah. Uh, Neo Baltimore is about to E X P L O E D O O D E. I can't spell. <laughs> you're the writer between the two of us. Well, I'm I've the never. Guy. You're I've, the bright guy. I've never been good at spelling things out loud either. That always mm, messed okay. me up whenever we would do uh, like spelling bees at school and everything. Because I could never get them in the right <laughs> order. I can write it down just fine. But saying it out loud messes me up. Anyway, I always hated doing the spelling bees in school, so I would just like immediately spell the first word I got wrong, so I could go sit back down. It's a good, good call. If, if you don't care that everyone thinks you're a total dumbass. No, why would I care? I no. record this every single week and say a lot of very dumbass things. I don't care. That's a good point. Uh, yeah. so all right then. I said I, I said I had news this week. What you have for news? See if it's the same thing. It probably is. Okay, according to Asher Elbean on yep. Twitter.com. That's right. Uh, amid massive layoffs at Warner Brothers, I'm getting word of an absolute bloodbath at DC Comics. Bob Harris is apparently gone. Mm-hmm. So are editors Mark Doyle, Brian Cunningham, and Andy Cowrie. Corey. Jim Lee is still with the company, but no longer publisher. DC Collectibles, gone entirely. Yep. Not surprising. Kill all the comics. Well, DC Collectibles, they did the figures and statues and everything. Um, which yeah. a lot of that stuff got moved over to uh, Warner Brothers. I forget what they call it, but Warner Brothers is doing all of that stuff now. Uh, yeah, AT&T, uh, DC's new corporate overlords... Er, they weren't happy with pretty much anything DC was doing, and it's been known for a while now. And uh, it was also apparent for a long time that DC Universe, its days were numbered, and, uh, well, th- this is the end of the numbers, I guess, because they fired almost everybody working at DC Universe. Uh, again, not surprising, considering when HBO Max came along that it sort of took over a lot of the series, and... Uh, just made DC Universe really redundant anyway. So hopefully they'll move, you know, Batman and Superman animated series over to 
HBO Max and all the stuff they had over there. That'd it's always nice. weird they didn't put Swamp Thing on HBO Max, even though they moved Doom Patrol over. But uh, yeah. whatever. It's still uh, Jim Lee. Closer to no the mic. Being publisher. Thank you. Jim Lee no longer being publisher is a bit more surprising to me, though. Yeah, he's still there. Uh, actually, to me, it kind of makes sense that they would move him into more of a creative position instead of business. Uh, that kind of lines up to me. Like, I think he was only sole publisher because Dan Didio got booted. It kind of just left him as the only one there. Um, Precursor but... to all this is Dan Didio. Yeah. First but... to go. That's right. I wonder if it was related, kind of. Yeah, uh, but that's the first thing that I thought of when I read this was I wonder if this is all somehow like tied to the Dan Didio firing, like if this is something that they wanted to do for a while, and probably. Dan Didio was just the first step on this on this path of reorganizing uh, DC. Yeah, I, I could see it being like uh, him getting word of this about to happen and being like, no don't and then yeah. uh, all right fine get out uh that makes more. that makes more sense to me than him getting fired over the 5g stuff because really that wouldn't happen uh, that doesn't really yeah. make a whole lot of sense uh but surprising mark doyle got fired also considering uh, he was sort of in charge of the black label stuff which has been doing pretty well for them and um i forget the name but uh, the person who started their uh, young adult line also got canned. Um, and that stuff also, I thought, had been selling pretty well as far as I knew. So, who knows? But, uh, uh, hey, speaking of DC Comics stuff. Yeah. Uh, they uh they put out that the Suicide Squad game is in development uh what? over at Rocksteady. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, I'm not saying that's the news. The news is uh why they might have finally come out and said what Rocksteady is working on and actually showed something for it. Uh, on IGN, uh, a new statement from Warner Media CEO Jason Killer could suggest that Warner Bros. Interactive Gaming Division, which includes studios like NetherRealm, Avalanche, and Rocksteady, may not be sold for now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay, we're just not selling these things after, like, the last few weeks. Mm. Seems like they were going to get sold. So I wonder if that is why we've now got, you know, more information about these DC games that are coming out is they're able to show something because they're no longer, you know, on the auction block. Possible. I kind of thought it would go the other way, that... uh they were showing something so then they wouldn't be sold like if they had been able to prove they had something in development or something like that then maybe they would be able to retain the rights even if they were sold off or something i don't know i don't know how any of that their, works their version of that e3 where uh yeast brings everybody out on the stage during the ubisoft conference and mm -hmm. basically says please don't break up our family that's right please vivendi don't okay. buy us uh, uh but yes i i was looking at uh this article on the Hollywood Reporter, which says uh, roughly one-third of DC's editorial ranks are laid off. Uh, insiders say the majority of the staff of the streaming service DC Universe has been laid off, a move that had been expected. Uh, one source said DC Universe was DOA as soon as the AT&T merger happened, which, yeah, no kidding. Sounds about right. 
Yeah. Um, victim of layoffs, DC Direct, the company's in-house in-house merchandise and collectibles manufacturer, which has been shuttered after 22 years. Another move rumored when Warner Brothers Consumer Products began taking a more active role in DC merchandising. So that's what I was thinking of. Uh, yeah, it's very strange. And yeah, yet also, uh... <laughs> well, it's the comics ones that are strange to me. The rest of the stuff was to be expected. Oh, sure. Yeah, like DC Universe having layoffs is not that surprising to me, considering that service, uh, as that pointed out, is dead on arrival. Um, but yeah, like laying off a, a third of their editorial staff is grisly. Yeah. The thing is, I, Although, I thought once HBO Max was announced, to me it made more sense for DC Universe to just switch to being all comics, just like Marvel Unlimited. Uh, yeah. Just like lower the price a bit and be like, you know, $5 a month or whatever, you have all the comics. And they could still keep the animated series and whatever they already have there, because I guess why not? You'd already have it. But obviously not so much the uh, whole original live action series and all that stuff just have it there as kind of an archive i'd be okay with that yeah i if they let tinian go and made batman readable again then this would maybe actually be a net positive that'd be nice <laughs> that would that would be pretty nice it's not gonna happen though or maybe it will because now it's been brought up on this podcast which is cursed okay well also, I don't really care because I read other comics that don't have Batman in them, so like whatever, oh, I can wait me. for I know. I know you don't. Goodness, why would I do that? I don't know. I uh, I read uh the IDW Ninja Turtles. So, you know, I'm, oh I'm well read. I got two different comics that I bounce between. Uh, Actually, it's just the one for now because again, Tinian's on Batman, so not buying that anymore. Yeah. Okay. Uh so that that was basically it for news. Uh, the other thing that I had is Yoshinori Ono is apparently leaving Capcom after 30 years. Huh. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of a bummer, but also hope he goes on to do uh, different fun and exciting stuff other mm. than working on Street Fighter nonstop <laughs> I, for I decades. Go, I was going to say, going out on a winner with Street Fighter Five. Uh-huh, yeah, sure. Um, this quote even says, I've been with the Street Fighter brand for a long time, experience, experiencing good times, bad times, and uh -huh. even non-existent times. Uh, my heart is filled with appreciation to those players who have uh, who have been giving warm and kind support on the brand, especially a little over the past decade or so, as all the activities on the Street, Street Fighter brand regained sunshine and grew in liveliness. I'm tripping over all these words. Uh, and now after serving almost 30 years at Capcom, I'm leaving the company in the summer. This means I will resign my position as the brand manager for Capcom's various titles, including Street Fighter. Hmm. So, yeah. Well, we wish Ono the best of luck in his future endeavors. Yeah, sure. I mean, that last Street Fighter was bad, but yes. And good well, luck. you know. Uh, I, I kind of wonder, though, if maybe that was it. Maybe if like the higher ups at Capcom just kind of took a look at Street Fighter the last few years and were like, "Boy, maybe you should go." Look, he's—they did their best to try to salvage it. They're putting Dan in it. They're putting uh, 
Who is it from Rival Schools that's going to be in it? Oh, I know who you're talking about, but I don't remember that's, their name. That was part of that last batch yeah. of announcements. So, look, bring back Rival Schools. That's what they yeah. should do. Yes. Uh, Get me some Batsu. Kind of looking at the... Looking at the stuff he did, he went to work on Street Fighter Alpha 3 as the sound manager. Mm -hmm. uh, he also worked on Devil May Cry, Onimusha, and Resident Evil Outbreak. Ooh. Yeah. Okay, look, if they were going to let him go over something. Actually, I don't know what his role with Resident Evil Outbreak was, because uh, it just says he worked on it in some capacity. Okay. Uh, I don't think they actually like let him go. I just... With the Japanese game industry being the way that it is, it just always, like, stuff like this always seems a little suspect to me because it isn't necessarily uncommon for somebody who is working on, like, a franchise that has, like, a really bad game that comes out to then kind of take responsibility for it and resign. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I hope that he goes on to, to do some neat stuff, though. Have him go over to Namco, team up with Harada. Yeah! That'd be cool. That'd be good. Yeah. I mean, Street Fighter X Tekken was so good. Yeah. Now they can finally yeah. make Tekken X Street Fighter. <laughs> I mean, they kind of... That's well, all I had for news. They put Akuma in Tekken, so that that kind of did it, I guess. Yeah. Gives I am taste. looking at the uh, character select screen for Street Fighter Five, and I recognize very few of the characters on this. Really? I think pretty much if they if they anything after like Street Fighter Alpha Two, I don't really know them. Show me, li link it to me, and I will tell you okay. who all of these characters are because I'm a oh, Street that'll, Fighter that'll expert. Good on the podcast. Yes, it will. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, IGN won't let me actually link the image, so you're just gonna have to go to the bottom where the oh, image gallery is. Yeah, right, I'm sure and, there's uh, a cool auto playing video here. Uh, Yoshinori Ono explains his Blanca obsession. I don't think he has to explain it. We all have a Blanca obsession. Uh, That's right. Ka Kage. That's, That's like evil Ryu. That's recognize. Uh, okay. Right. Gil. Uh, oh, boy. That's one of the dolls. So, who, okay. There's Akuma. One oh, of. There's Alex. There's, there's uh, more than one? Yeah. Uh, there's... Okay. What is it? Shahid? R Rashid. Uh, no, that's Ryu. No, A after Alex, that's Rashid. Uh, oh, I Ra thought. Okay. Rainbow Mika, Chun uh -huh. Li, Ryu, and go down to bottom left. Uh, e Honda. Oh, it's that that new guy with the Amish beard. Uh, Sakura. Uh, I don't know who that is. I think another new character. Uh, Jury? I think this one with the, yeah, the eye patch one is one of the ones I remember that came out after Street Fighter Alpha 2. It's one one of the few that I know of. I thought it was like a DLC character. But anyway, Jury, uh, Ibuki, Laura, Sangif, uh, Karen, Charlie, uh, upper left, uh, Ken? Ken Masters? Maybe you've heard of him. Cammy. Oh, Vega. Cammy's my favorite Street Fighter. Why would they have Vega the without? Character. Why would they have Vega without a mask on the character select? That's weird. Uh, yeah, it is kind of bizarre. Oh, that guy with the yeah, that's another new guy from Five has some weirdo hair. Uh, 
our boy Guile. Uh, don't know. Some Russian lady. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Yeah, that's another no, DLC character. I like that I think. design though. Yeah. Who is? I don't know who that is. Don't know who that is. There's Poison. Yeah. M Bison, Birdie. Uh oh yeah, cool bearded Dalsim. I forgot about that. Oh yeah, that that weirdo, the guy that looks like he's stretched. He's another new character from five, I forget. Uh Balrog. Yeah. The, that that guy. That, that's a guy from oh. four. He does the grappling like stuff. Yeah. Uh-huh. Don't know who that Who's is. This Bl- dude? Blanca Sagat. Okay. Another cami. <laughs> I don't know. That's, isn't like ro- isn't <laughs> Robo Cami? Yeah, I, I think there is like a Robo Cami they added as a DLC. Maybe that's it. Robo Cami. Yeah. Cami that's just a robot? Yes. Oh. Okay. I'm not so, making that I, up. Look, I don't I don't know anything about the lore of Street Fighter, so I will just go on that walk with you, sure. <laughs> Okay. What's the name of like the main the main bad guys? It's uh, Shabladoo. Shadaloo. Okay. Well, I was pretty close. What I said wasn't that far off. No, not not too far off. And then I know that Cammy is a clone of Bison because uh, I remember that uh, being very confusing for me. Yeah, but the Street and Fighter Cammy, she's like a is deep. Uh, she's a cop, right? Cammy's a cop. Uh. I she was uh, she, she's like military she's like guile okay all right that's good i i i don't want i don't want her to be a cop um, <laughs> as if a truth is better <laughs> uh i mean not that much but no i thought she was like uh interpol or something like that was her that's chun li okay no that's uh, i thought i said chun li did i say cammy again yes I just I keep, I can't stop thinking about Cammy. That's my problem. <laughs> I know. <laughs> What's Blanca's whole deal? Oh, weird. Besides that, okay. looking like the dopest motherfucker in the, this entire character. The one guy screen. in the the one guy in the upper right uh, was is Cody. Cody's wearing a suit. Why is Cody I'm wearing a right. suit? Cody should oh. only be in prison stripes. Mm. That's messed up. They let him out. I mean, he was he got, framed. He got pardoned. Yeah. It, well, he got commuted. Okay. Well, uh, what's what's Blanca's whole deal? What's his backstory? Tell me about Blanca. Uh, he, he was guy got uh, experimented on in Brazil, and got turned green, turned into an ape man. He injected himself with a prototype Russian vaccine. Got yeah. turned into Blanca. Yes. Oh, exactly. No. Now I want to get inoculated. Uh huh. I could become skinny Blanca. Like, that'd be the most fucked up part. It just turns my skin green and my hair gets long and orange, but, like, I still stay skinny. Yeah, but you can, like, also shoot lightning out. Uh, yeah, that'd be a fair trade. I'd yeah. do it. I'm back on board with this. Okay. Good. Yeah, no, I haven't played Street Fighter V, and I probably won't play Street Fighter V, so whatever. I'm really bad at Street Fighter. I can barely play Street Fighter 2. Like, I don't think I've ever actually beat the computer at all in Street Fighter 2, even once. Like, there's just something about that game in particular that I'm extremely bad at. Like, I had put that on my list, 
and then I started to play it, and I couldn't even beat level fucking one, and so I just had to take it off the list because I was going at it for like half an hour and getting nowhere, and just yeah. got like really frustrated. But like, I appreciate it. I really like Street Fighter. I like the character designs of Street Fighter. I, I wish I were better at it so I can enjoy it more. Uh, the Robo Cami I was thinking of is called Decapra. Mm. So. There I you like go. the name Robo Cami more. Yeah, that's something for you to look up on websites later, after, I guess. After the after the podcast, yeah. yeah. So. Uh, Daddy yeah, see, needs uh, to do a Street Fighter deep dive. Yeah, but let's see. That's uh. Learn more about the lore. There are a bunch of the dolls, though. I'm surprised you didn't know that. There's like Ju- uh, so Juni I, and Juri. I had misheard you, and I thought that you said Dalsum, and that there were oh. multiple Dalsums. <laughs> I was very confused for a minute. No, I wish there were uh, multiple Dalsums. I'm not saying I'm against it. I was just very surprised at the idea that there could be more than one Dalsum. Just think of all those Dalsums wrapping their limbs around you. Yeah, no, I need to look up some stuff after the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well. Stretches his arms out like Piccolo. In the in the martial arts tournament, remember when Piccolo did that the one time and then never used that ever again? Yeah, he used it sometimes yeah. in Dragon Ball Z. Uh, maybe in like filler stuff. Like in the comics, though, he definitely doesn't ever use it again. I think he uses it in one of like the early Dragon Ball Z movies. I thought actually. he used. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he does in like Dead Zone or something. I thought he also yeah. or World's Strongest. I mean, I think that's it. Um, and I'm pretty sure he. I thought he used it against Raditz at one point. Uh, maybe not. I don't know. I don't I'd know. have to go back and look. I, I that doesn't quite sound familiar to me. But like well, in the show, maybe they I did. definitely I know think, he could do it. And I didn't watch Dragon Ball until after I'd watched Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay. Thinking about it this way, uh, Dragon Ball they really cranked those fuckers out. And so they probably reused that few frames of animation. Like, why not? Oh. Just take those cells of Piccolo stretching his arms out and put it in like no, another cell episode was of later. the show. There you go. Oh, right. Why didn't Cell ever stretch his arms out? He was made out of uh, Piccolo DNA. Could have done that. I feel like he did. <laughs> Am I just forgetting all the times that? Dragon Ball Z characters stretch themselves out Possible. very thin. I, I, well, I'm imagining out. I'm imagining a part where he like demonstrates like he had their DNA and so he it could have been in like one of the games also. I don't know. <laughs> That's the way he bruises, just like check it out. I'm part piccolo, he just like whips his arm out and lets it oh. go limp on the ground like twelve feet away from him. I think I maybe think of when he regrows his arm and he's like, I have the yeah. regenerative ability yeah. or something. Yeah. Well, I think he also uses the uh, special beam cannon at one point. Yeah, too, but I, I think say. I'm thinking specifically when he like shoots the arm out of yeah the stump. I do like though that he proves that he can use like everybody else's moves by doing a kamehameha, even though like fucking everybody can do a kamehameha. Yeah, Yamcha can do a kamehameha. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> actually, that's a that's depressing. Yeah, I mean. Not the same power level, of course, but he can do it. No, no, not at all. In fact, Yamcha is more likely to hurt himself using it than he is to hurt anybody else. Yeah. Uh. So, video games. Let me tell you what. Yeah, I've sure. Been up you. To. You playing anything? Yes. You uh, get some new games. I finished Ghost of 
Tsushima. Uh, uh huh. Okay. And um, pretty good. If you don't do well, any of the extra stuff, that. yeah, I know. Uh, you're still yeah. crippled and will be for quite some time because you won't stop yeah. poking at your finger or whatever it is you're doing. I just, uh, they put they put the juice in it to make it go down, and now I just I need to I want to see if it's going down or not. But I no, don't don't, don't mess with it. Uh... Anyway, yes, as long as you ignore all optional content in that game, uh, pretty good. I like the end yeah. of it quite a bit. I still think it is probably the worst game Sucker Punch has made, but still alright. So, uh, after completing that, I have gone back to one a little game called Death Stranding. Maybe you've heard of it. Oh no. Uh, I was going to finish Larry, up don't the do, trophies. Don't do and... this. Well, it's too late, I already did it. Uh, I only have a couple of memory chips left and I'll be done. Okay. Um... But yeah, they, they seem to have fixed the whole thing with Settlers getting stuck on star ratings or something Because I don't, I don't know exactly what they did or if maybe I was doing something wrong before it like needs time between each delivery or what But before I would deliver things and they were just, I, they would not go I don't up think that's, I don't think that's the case because the first prepper, like, I kind of gave up on that after a certain point Because you were saying too that, like, you could not get them on the grid yeah. And then I'd like beat the game And then the only other thing I did After completing Dust Stranding Was I went back to the first prepper And did one of those to see if it would actually Trigger something at that point Because it had been hours and hours And yeah. it did the same thing of just like Going up like a sliver So I don't necessarily think it's time I think that sounds to me like They might have patched something at some point And that that stuff was just bugged Probably I know part of it is that you have to read their emails. I mean, you don't have to actually read it, but, like, mark it as read, you know. Um, yeah. And that will make it so they can progress. But I had been doing that, so I don't know why that would have... Maybe it wasn't properly triggering that I had read it, and so it wasn't allowing things to progress back then. I don't know. But now, like, I would do one delivery, it would bump it up, like, two and a half stars... And so I didn't have any issues with any of them Except Mountain Not City Which took a whole lot of likes to get to 5 stars But I got that eventually And tip to anybody who's still cranking these out For whatever reason If you're insane like I am Or I guess hasn't been out on PC that long So probably people still yeah. plugging at it uh, The achievement for getting a Legend of Legends rank In 4 categories uh, it's not really clear on what those categories are And for a while I wasn't sure if it meant like Urgent deliveries Or uh, chilled deliveries Or anything like that But it's really just um, Volume based uh, Condition based Time based And then miscellaneous based And you can tell from On the order list what Category they are it'll be like uh, The volume one is like hands Under like three boxes Condition is I don't remember what the condition One is I had like 40 or 50 Of each of those done The ones I was missing were time based Because those suck and um, Miscellaneous which Are mostly recovery missions From mules or terrorists Or something or BT areas Which are the absolute which worst suck. Yeah Yeah 
So yeah. I got those done. Um, but the way you can check this is if you hit start, go left, go down to bridge link, and then you can select your own name and tab over to orders, and it will show you exactly how many you have in each category, which is very useful. It's buried way in there, but you can see it. Uh, that the the other tab will also show you how many vehicles you have, or um, structures, not vehicles, structures you've maxed out, which you'll also need for another achievement. Not hard to do. One that takes the most is the safe house, but even then that's just like, you know, deliver some special alloys. By the end you'll have tons of material anyway. So, um, there was one thing that just happened to me just about uh, 20 minutes before we started recording this, which made me laugh out loud really hard, which is the last thing uh, one of the memory chips gives you a schematic for reverse trike ride version. This is basically just the regular reverse trike, except it has the logo from Ride with Norman Reedus on the side. <laughs> uh, so I fabricated that, got the achievement. That was the last thing I needed to fabricate. Um, but I get on it, and I'm heading to get another memory chip, and then... Norman Reedus says, I feel so fucking cool right now. It's like Ride with Norman Reedus is happening right now. <laughs> and I laughed really, really hard and took a screenshot of that. I was like, man, I love Kojima. He's a maniac. I don't know. That actually seems like a line that Norman Reedus would have just ad-libbed at Maybe. some point. Maybe. Like, they're just like, hey, you're on the motorcycle right now. Say some motorcycle lines. Let's go through the script. And he would just, like, throw one of those in there. And then Kojima was like, yes, perfect. Beautiful. Yeah. This is my vision. Yep, exactly. But yeah, I, I just love Sam Porter Bridges as played by Norman Reedus riding a bike that says ride with Norman Reedus. And then Norman Reedus <laughs> says this is like ride with Norman Reedus is happening. <laughs> I think the bit of that that I like the most is his, is him saying, I feel so fucking cool right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the thing that somebody says out loud to themselves. I mean, I was shocked I that I got a new, a new dialogue, like considering the rest of it is like, a, is there anything you can't do? Or, uh, there yeah. you go, speed demon. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, when doing this, I realized that I know the map of Death Stranding better than I know the town I've lived in my entire life. Which I guess is true of a lot of video games, but, you know. When, I know certain, my town pretty good. At a certain point, like, when I'm just like, oh yeah, you know, that uh, go over here, that's where yeah. spiritualist is, that's where geologist and paleontologist are. And it's like, if I was wandering around town looking for a, a certain house, I'd be like, uh, all right, yeah, the GPS. I'm, I'm, I'm imagining you, you got somebody in your car from out of town and you're showing them around and just pointing out, like, that's where geologist lives. Paleontologist <laughs> right. lives over there. Veteran Porter is over there. That's Sam Lake. Talking like a caveman. Yeah, now I feel like I know the map of Death Stranding pretty well, too. Um, like, I can picture it pretty easily in my head, especially like that first area, since you just you spend so much time in there or at least i did because i didn't understand that you should just kind of keep things moving then come back later and finish up other stuff uh-huh just had to finish up everything as soon as i had the like ability to even though i kept telling uh, you to do that but uh, i had fun with it i had a good time 
I, I had a lot of fun sending trikes down that like gorge to get to the uh like the weather center. wind farm yeah yeah the wind farm and then blowing a crater into that place like the first time i went in there because of course i tripped bts that's right bt the <laughs> extra also, terrestrial also just picture me like trying to do that again like trying to just get down there as quickly as possible on another trike and norman reed is just saying i feel so fucking cool right now before just completely <laughs> wiping out and just eating ass on that gorge yeah <laughs> just like homer trying to go over springfield gorge but it's norman reedus on a ride with Norman Reedus bike (laughs) anyway that's it I'm almost almost done with that and I currently have in my possession The Last of Us Part 2 from Gamefly they sent it I've received it so look forward to hearing about that are you going to try that primitive mode that they're adding? no oh come on no should do it for Fonzie and see how far you go. Absolutely not. The first game was already full of garbage, cheap deaths from spawning <laughs> enemies that would just like appear behind corner. Thanks to your magic hearing, which lets you know exactly when enemies spawn in. Uh, if Redbox yeah, no still rented out games, I think I would pick up Death Stranding just to try that mode because for like the you know Wait, three what? or four bucks or whatever. Like if Redbox still rented you mean out Last games, of Us. Yeah. Oh, you said Death Stranding. I'm sorry. Still thinking about Death Stranding. It's, I mean, I want to play that more than I want to play The Last of Us Two. Oh, so, sure. uh, no, I would, I would pick up The Last of Us Two just to try that mode because, like, for a few bucks to just play it that way of like, okay, when I die, I'm taking the game back. Like that sounds kind of fun. No, it doesn't. Mostly, I just find it funny. I'd probably get like thirty minutes into that thing, and then Ellie gets her head cleaved in, and then I'm like, "All right, taking the game back." Ah, uh, okay. I still have this not... up and go over to the Albertsons. Just by the way, for the record, I still have not read any spoilers or anything about it. So, mm. yeah, I'm coming in fresh to the Last of Us. I'll see what it is people are mad about. I think probably Joel and Ellie die. That's my guess, but. I kind, of fig- I kind of figured that like from the first announcement When it was like, yeah, here sure. are these unrelated characters And then later, it what was the other, it was the bit with them at the party or something And there was the guy that looked like Harry yeah. Knowles dressed up as the Unabomber yes. uh, And then it had that gameplay footage, quote, gameplay footage that was obviously faked Um Yeah but don't tell people in the internet that, that they, they think it's absolutely real They also probably thought that footage from 8 days Was real back in the day uh, The other most egregiously fake Video game footage I've seen Killzone No Killzone looked Fairly close to the end result And it didn't have like a bunch oh, of What? Yeah yeah, no, the animations in that in that first Killzone trailer Where they tried to pass it off as like actual gameplay Like that was way too animated. Uh, maybe to I I don't be, really like, I don't really remember that. I just remember like the final product looking relatively close. Yeah. Um. Go back and watch that because yeah, probably should. Looks way 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 off from okay. that final game. All right. Uh, I'm thinking of Killzone. Right. That, that's the thing with Killzone was there was like another uh, first person shooter that came out around that time that was also like both of them were trying to vibe for that like. Oh, this is the new Halo. Yeah. Like this is the new big 
first-person shooter series. Like brute force? I can't remember what the other one was. Uh, it was Killzone and something else. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Killzone whatever. was always the one I remember as people being like, it's the Halo killer, that and brute force. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't... Wasn't that also like one of the selling points was hey you can have like sixty four player matches in this or something like that and then it ran like shit. That was in like Killzone three, I think. There uh, was one yeah. of those early ones where like it, you know, very early on in the console life cycle where they were trying to show off well, that, that was like, hey, Mag. I have these new systems. You think of Mag? I might be thinking of Mag. Uh, but yeah, yeah I remember like early on they they wanted to show off that you could have these really really big like multiplayer matches on these new systems that you just could not do on the on the previous consoles, and then it just ran like complete dog shit. Yep. Yeah, uh, kills I think was Killzone three had like larger multiplayer modes also that didn't run super great, but hard to tell how much of that yeah, was I mean, Killzone eventually. and how much of it was PSN. Yeah. Oh god. Original PSN was fucking trash. Yeah. I remember a lot of people at the time too you'd bring that up and it was free and so people were like, "Oh, you get what you paid for." It's like, "No, it still sucks." Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's free or not, like it I can't play the games like That's oh, right. God. I would rather pay for Xbox Live Gold, which worked. Yeah. I mean, that's the problem is okay, if it's free, you're not offering me a paid version that even runs better, so I just have to, like, eat shit on this. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the Nintendo Switch. <laughs> yeah. What's up? Oh, no, I mean, just speaking of really bad, like, netcode. Uh-huh. And things you pay for for uh, uh-huh. no improvement in service. Yeah, like at least with PS Plus, you get a good rotation of games. Uh, Switch, hey man, they added Donkey Kong Country. Hey, oh yes, it only had been months since they put a new game on that service. I was also going to mention I played Fall Guys, which is free on PlayStation Plus at the moment. Um, Mm. It's fun. It's uh, it's basically Takeshi's Castle Battle Royale, where you are these little goober dudes and you're there with like six i think it's 64 people in a match uh and you're going through obstacle courses and you want to be uh not be in the bottom it depends on what round you're in but like the bottom fifth basically i think uh and then after each round this is the part i really like it shows a screen that looks very similar to one versus 100 to show you what people got knocked out oh no no i'm interested yeah uh, but it's, oh man, I miss one verse one hundred. Yeah, but it's pretty fun. It, it plays, uh, it the controls actually feel kind of similar to Gang Beasts. Um, you just have like a jump, a dive, and you can kind of grab things with your hands, so you can sort of get up on ledges or grab other players with that. Which seems, the collision on that's a bit iffy. Uh, speaking of iffy, the servers can't really handle it. Um, so after playing a few games. It just, like, kicked me out of a match, and I was like, ah, all right, I'll check back on this later. I had uh, read, I want to say just the other day, that they were adding more servers to handle, like, the amount of load that they were getting for that game. Because apparently it it was just, like, unprecedented to them that they would have that many people playing, so they need to expand their server space. Which is weird to me, because when they announced that was going to be free on PS Plus, I was like, okay, that makes sense. Like, they'll... 
that's basically how Rocket League got big. And so, you know, just do that. But with this, it seems like they have sort of a similar model. They have you can buy a lot of crap for your character if you want. Just like Rocket League, you know, know buy a DeLorean or whatever. You want to know what my problem with Rocket League is? Uh, it's soccer. Well, I mean, yes, actually. But, like, when I say problem, I don't mean, like, ooh, I got problems with this game. I mean, like, my brain's got problems. Because when I hear about Rocket League, I just think of the multiplayer mode from, like, Metroid Federation Force, <laughs> which is, like, kind of the same thing. Yeah, kind of. Just batting a big ball into a goal. Yeah. God, that game, like, fucking what the fuck, man. Mm. Metroid Federation Force, uh, very similar to Hey Pikmin in the league of weird 3DS sequels nobody wanted that missed the entire appeal of the original series. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I had uh, I had showed you something recently that, that got brought up with, I think it was somebody saying that, like, oh, they haven't made a new Pikmin game in so many years, and you pointed out, like, hey, Pikmin came out. Yeah. Uh, which... But best yes. forgotten. So technically, there was a Pikmin game, but also like I would not classify that as a genuine Pikmin game. So no. who cares? Doesn't count. Uh, so good that Nintendo is giving this, giving us the opportunity to pay sixty dollars for Pikmin Three Deluxe. Oh yeah, no, we're very privileged to have the opportunity to buy Pikmin Three for sixty dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, at this point, they pretty much just need to bring over like Mario Three D World and uh, uh, yeah, Wind Waker HD, and then they pretty much have the entire Wii U catalog, right? Is yeah. that all they got left? Yeah. Okay. Um, that reminds me, though. I'm surprised they haven't put over Wind Waker HD already. To be honest. Yeah, me too. I wonder if they're going to just like bundle that in Twilight Princess HD at some point. Yeah, maybe. Skies of Arcadia. Uh, yeah, no, I, I played Skies of Arcadia from start to finish. The whole game, every every single part of it. All right. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's all right. <laughs> it's a good video game. Uh, now, I, uh, I almost got 100% of this game, like kind of just incidentally, because I, I know I told you that like I wasn't going to do that. Uh, but like I got pretty much all this, the discoveries done. I think there were like ten of them that I missed. That I just like no matter how much I looked, I couldn't find them. Um, I I got pretty much all the crew members except for uh, probably like two of them or something. Like there's a a thing at the end of that game where it has like oh this is what all the characters are up to now, and uh, I was missing a few of those. Um. And then I got, like, the side quests done, because there was only two of them, and uh, the one for, like, the ultimate sword that you get, where you have to get, like, the swordsmith onto your onto your base, like, I finished that, uh, which, like, it, it seems the, the way that you have to go about that is you just need to get the right, like, swashbuckler choices throughout the game, and, like, that's generally pretty easy, because the choices are always, like, here's a piratey thing to say, and here's something a dumbass would say. Yeah. So, uh, but Skies of Arcadia is a uh, a Japanese role playing game uh, for the Sega Dreamcast, which did not have a huge amount of those. Uh, I'm trying to think like what else they had besides like Grandia Three. Uh, Rent a Hero. Sure. Which did not come out uh, here, so <laughs> whatever. Yeah, I was trying to like remember what that was, and I I don't think I. 
I can't Se- picture it in my head. Sega Gaga also did not come was out like here. A... Yeah. Um, but yeah, a, a JRPG that has like a you're you're a sky pirate, so there is a emphasis on exploration, uh, just kind of bumming around the world in your ship and just finding you know different hidden discoveries and like lost civilizations and treasure and stuff like that. Uh, so definitely not a game that you want to play with a guide because that kind of defeats the whole point. Uh, although I used a guide every now and then because sometimes I got lost. Uh, sure. There was specifically a bit where I went to like an Aztec kind of civilization and I had no fucking idea where to go. Because like I had found these two discoveries that have like these little events tied to them and I thought like, oh, okay, like I'm I'm getting towards the next dungeon because I, I found this item. Uh, I found this stone that's like, oh, it points in the direction of the dungeon. And it turns out you're not supposed to find that stuff right away. You're supposed to go talk to some people first and then find those. And when you find them sequentially, it opens up a third place that actually lets you get into the dungeon. And so I just flew around for a while, not knowing what I was missing. Uh, Good times. No. I, I wasted a long time. I wasted a few hours trying to figure out what to do. Although, like, during that, I put on some podcast about, like, uh, like Japanese soldiers who didn't know that World War II ended. Oh, yeah. And so I was just, like, looking around for this dungeon in this Japanese role-playing game while listening to, like, oh, they spent, like, ten years trying to convince these guys that the war was over by dropping leaflets and stuff, and they were fucking insane. <laughs> there was a... Uh... An issue of Batman, I guess it was Detective Comics recently, where um, Bruce is on a plane and De- Deadshot? I think it's, uh, it might be Deathstroke. No, it's Deadshot. Deadshot uh, takes down the plane. It's like got all of the Wayne Enterprise folks on it. And so they crash on island. Um, and Bruce ends up teaming up with like a U.S. and Japanese soldier who are both stranded there, like hell in the Pacific style, uh, who were not aware the war was over. And, um, but like they've become friends and he like teams up with them to defeat Deadshot. That was a neat arc. It was all right. Uh, yeah, that stuff is just wild though. Mm -hmm. Like just the whole culture of their military at that point in time, just baked into their brains that there was no way that the Japanese army could possibly lose the war. Mm-hmm. So being told, like, no, the war's over, they just refused to believe. Like, there was one in particular that I was listening to, and I, I'm blanking on the guy's name. It starts with an H, and I just, I can't, my brain's just not getting Hirohito. there. Hirohito. But... Sure. <laughs> um... <laughs> that was Emperor Hirohito. Yeah, why not? Yeah, sure, he got lost on an island and just didn't realize that the war had ended. Yeah. Uh, no, they had like uh, they brought in Japanese citizens on like uh, bullhorns, shouting in his language, like that the war had ended, and he would just like point out imperfections in their accent and go like, "Ha, that's just an American soldier who speaks Japanese." Mm. And so they would just refuse to go along with it. Uh, there was one point where his brother had showed up to sing a a, a song that was, um, I think it was like a song that they sang in like their elementary school or something like that and it sounded pitch perfect to him until the very end when it went off and so he was like that's not my brother (laughs) and just like went back deep into the forest and then like when they connected years later and he talked to his brother his brother was like 
I was thinking about you and like the times we shared and at the end of the song I got choked up and that's why it sounded different. It's like, oh, oh. Jesus Christ. Oh my God, Meyer's dedication. Yeah, sure. He also killed a lot of Filipino people. Yeah, well, you know, Which, things happen. Less admirable, but... Eh. Yeah, the, the weird part of that, too, is when they finally, like, got him out of there, the, like, the the locals were more fascinated by it than they were horrified, even though, like, he had just been basically running guerrilla ops in the jungle and just fucking murdering farmers. Well, I mean, at a certain point, you'd know to stay out of the jungle. Like, that's on them, uh, sure. you know? <laughs> After what? It's like me playing Ghost of Tsushima that long, doing all that stuff. Like, at a certain point, it's on me for continuing it, to do it. It was more that... It was more that they would also, like, get close to the town and would just, like, kill farmers on their own property and stuff like that. Ah, that's so, less good. Um, yeah. That's pretty bad, actually. Yeah. Anyway, Skies of Arcadia. Uh, thankfully, I went into the jungles and instead I got a moonstone, so everything's coming up vice. Better run through the jungle. That's what Credence yeah. told us. Good advice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it's a very like extremely, extremely, extremely charming game to the point that I think the charm carries it in a lot of ways because I don't think that like the battle system in Skies of Arcadia is any good at all. Uh, I have mentioned a lot on this podcast that I do not enjoy RPGs where eventually you just fall into this hole of keep mashing the attack button or just use your best spell over and over and over again and steamroll the game. And at a certain point, Skies of Arcadia just becomes that. Uh, any random battle was just, okay, mash the attack button to get through this as quickly as I can. And then for bosses, it was uh, just build up your energy to use Pirate's Wrath, and then that'll take down like a fourth of their health bar. So why would I use anything else? That's why you should play a little game called Resonance of Fate. Mm, maybe I should. Great battle system. You get to but, shoot gremlins. Uh, Throw grenades at no, them. don't shoot the gremlins. I want to hang out with the gremlins. Well, they're different. They're not the good type of gremlins. These are bad gremlins. They're not the kind of gremlins that flash women in bars. No. Is that the kind of gremlin that you want to say is a good gremlin? That's right. Well, Probably. you know, there's always going to be a couple of bad apples. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> you can't. Jeffrey Epstein of gremlins. You can't ca cast aspersions on the entire gremlin community based on the actions of one. No, definitely not. I'm sorry, Melita I started thinking Express. about gremlins in, like, police officer uniforms. <laughs> Never happened. Even the gremlins know better. Yeah, that, like, I was kind of thinking about how that's a little weird, because they terrorized the police station at one point, and then I almost figured, yeah. like, oh, they would dress up in, like, little police officer uniforms that for some reason are perfectly tailored for their <laughs> yes. tiny bodies. I mean, that would be pretty funny. Cop car. Yeah, they would make, like, improper uh, arrests. They would just pull people over for nothing. Yeah, that would be good. Like if they just like got up, got the microphone, and just were like into it or whatever. That'd be funny. Yeah, just think about like uh, a gremlin coming up to your car and kind of like leaning up to your window and like propping up his aviators to check out what's going on. <laughs> and then you cut to the next scene, and you're in the back seat of a police car that's being driven around by gremlins. Yeah, just tied up with like you know Christmas lights. Yeah. This is a Man, good bit. It's surprising they didn't do it. Potential. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, so like the way that the battle system uh, in this game operates is your weapons, they, they, they're all color-coded, but you can swap between different colors on the fly, and each color uh, references a different elemental and then a different type of status magic, uh, which kind of bugged me a little bit because like ice magic is set to the color purple, and I would think that it would be blue, but okay, whatever. Well, this tripped water. me up a few times because also it's wind actually oh blue is wind well what's green uh, healing mm, okay this I tripped can... me up a few times because when you understand. color code elemental magics like my brain would go oh ice is blue and so i had a few times where i would switch to blue wanting to use an ice spell and it would be wind magic i would also... They also like name them weird yeah, well i i could also see like electric being blue but mm, no electric is yellow thankfully they got that in fire right yeah yeah i guess so but they give them like weird names too and like for the most part they're very intuitive uh like fire magic is pyre uh but the the wind one was like wevelin and that for some reason just never triggered something in my brain to make me understand like oh that's the wind magic i may me getting pyre yeah remember that bit with um What was no. his name? <laughs> I don't. Well, I want to call him Funky Winker Bean, actually. Uh, Funk what Martindale. About? Wink Martindale. Uh, on the uh -huh. Eric Andre show. Where he does. Uh, no, I'm drawing me, a blank. Me getting Irie part. Or maybe it was Tim and oh, Eric. Oh, right. Now, okay. those, it, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was Eric I Andre. Now. Um, <laughs> anyway, I you have know. these different elemental magics. And then, like. Of course, there's elemental weaknesses and stuff like that, but the, the enemies never seem to actually give any kind of indication like what element they represented. And the game is also not very good about telling you like, oh, you hit somebody with a weakness. So after a certain point, I just kind of like gave up on magic, um, especially as you get special attacks, because the special attacks seem to generally just be better. Uh, like. Ika gets Lambda Burst, which hits everybody, and for like a significant chunk of the game, will pretty much just completely screen wipe uh, enemies that you encounter. So there's kind of no reason not to use it. Um, That's cool. And the way that you use these moves, though, is kind of unique in that you have a mana meter, but you also have like a uh, a points meter that runs at the top of the screen, and you can charge that up, and you're constantly building each time the turn ends. And then as you level up and get stronger throughout the game, your total amount of points available to you increases and the total amount of points that you start a battle out with increases. And so in the early game, I actually had to like be careful about mana conservation because I kept using spells and then you would have like only four or five mana per character and the spells would use anywhere from like one to two. So like you wouldn't have to use that much and you'd bleed out your mana. Uh, but spells also use those special points. And after you get through like a decent chunk of the game, you have such a deep pool of mana that it takes much fewer out of that than it would your special meter. So you pretty much never have to worry about mana ever again. Mana, mana. Which makes me wonder why they even bothered with that as a mechanic. Yeah. Um, like there are magic drops that restore your mana. And by the end of the game, I had 53 of those because I just kept finding them and never used them. So, you know, whatever. 
I mean, that's uh, me with every item in an RPG. I never use anything. Yeah, I so I did end up using a lot of healing items because the healing items had really good parity with your spells. Because the, the way that a lot of the items work in the game is they're just the spells that you have, but as an item. And there's no point penalty to using an item. So it became more worthwhile to heal people using items than it was to use the spell because then I could keep my meter going up. Sure. Um, so it's not like it's a particularly, like, like this, the system has some complexities to it. You can manipulate it in some fun ways, but it's still not super deep. And the battle system being what it is means that eventually you kind of just, you're more inclined to mash the attack button. Speaking of um, so, speaking of RPGs, yeah. by the way, and battle systems, uh, talking about a good one, did you know, I just found out recently they did a port of Grandia 1 also on PC. Mm. I didn't know that. I thought they just ported 2. Although oh. they, they must have done something weird because uh, it says something like the release date on 2 is like October of last year, I think, and I know I had it way before that. So mm. maybe it it's counted as like maybe that's when they put out Grandia One, something. Yeah, maybe. But either way, uh, this reminds me. I meant to. It. I meant to bring this up earlier in the podcast. Uh, but Sega has said that they are going to prioritize uh, Persona on PC more due to the success of Persona Four Golden. And man, it'd be really funny if the PC got a port of Persona Five before the Switch. <laughs> yes, it would. That would be so good. I kind of really want that to happen. I would like for them to uh, port uh, the Persona 2 Innocent Sin port to PC. P- the yeah, PSP one. Yeah. It's like, who has a PSP? Nobody. Not me. I sold that to some kid. A, little, a literal child I sold my PSP to. I mean, I have a Vita. I could play it there if I wanted. But I should also yeah. just like port... Persona 3 Portable, ideally they would make some version that can, combines like the good stuff from Portable with the graphics and everything of Fez or something, but that's probably a lot of work and they don't want to do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with uh, with Skies of Arcadia, that, that, that battle system, uh, not, not great. Like, eventually you just start coasting off of it. Uh, the ship battles are also not fantastic. You get a few different ships throughout the course of the game. You can outfit them with four different weapons, uh, which pretty much break down into torpedoes, uh, like small cannons, which are like sustained fire. They will fire for multiple turns, and then just a main cannon. And then you have a like a special attack associated with each ship that is unique. And then as you start bringing crew members onto your base, they some of them will offer you additional moves like one of them will double your amount of sp um and then you can cast spells using the ship too on top of that uh but those battles suck and are boring because they take fucking forever like you have these you have this grid that you go off of and you plan your four actions that you're going to take in this turn out and then you 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 finalize it, you confirm it, and then it will go into like the attack animations between you and the ship. But for some reason, there's like in between you firing a shot and the enemy reciprocating, there's like a solid 15 seconds of just ships like 
flying around each other and just doing jack shit like the game is yep. very slowly loading up what it's going to do next yeah that's true so i legit found myself in some situations where i was hungry and so i would plan my attacks out and get up and make myself a sandwich and then when i sat back down it would be finished cool like there's it takes so long to get through that shit yeah, it does. I, that's actually the sort of the main thing I remember about the ship battles is that yeah. they took forever. They didn't change yeah. that in the GameCube version at all. Get up and use the bathroom. Your ship's attacking, so you got plenty of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like the the gameplay is not super solid. Like I, I the battle system just does not carry itself for the length of the game. Uh, I put probably fifty hours into the game total. Um, and the, like the ship battles, I just started to dread doing them after a certain point. Uh, but like Skies of Arcadia has so much charm to it that I didn't really find it that difficult to stick through the entire game. Like the characters are all fantastic. They get you to really care about everyone who enters your crew. Like even the ancillary characters that are just like, oh, this is just going to be a shopkeeper on your island. Like even they have like really fun personalities. It's always like... I always found myself hitting the option to just talk to a shopkeeper and hear what they had to say, even though it would never actually do anything for you. It would just give you a little bit of information about the world. Yeah. Uh, the the lore of that game is fantastic. Uh, I I just, I really like the world of Skies of Arcadia, and it's kind of a bummer that they never made any more of them because I feel like a second game would fix a lot of the mechanical issues I have while still retaining the stuff that I like. Also, there just uh, aren't, like, any other games about sky pirates like that. I mean, there are a few, but... Yeah. You know, Very Not really few. anything worth playing. Yeah. It's got, like, a, a really heavy anime aesthetic to it as well that it makes good oh, yeah. use of, especially since the Dreamcast being what it was. Like anime facial expressions played better on that hardware than if you tried to make it look very realistic. Sure. Uh, which was something they wanted to do at one point, and that probably wouldn't have turned out as good. Uh, probably not. It never no. does. Never. Uh, but yeah, you, you get like... Uh, you have your three primary crew members, and then you have like a rotating fourth seat uh, until the end of the game where everyone who filled that fourth seat comes back and you can basically pick who you want to take into the final dungeon and, and I meant to take Drachma because Drachma is the best, damn it he's who a crusty old fisherman uh, Gilder, because I didn't know how to switch my party members out and then I got like <laughs> halfway into the final dungeon and then realized, oh, I was supposed to go back to the ship and talk to them to switch them out I don't want to backtrack through this dungeon so I'm just beating the game with Gilder now Okay. But Gilder's fine too. Like all those characters are great. I like all of them. Um I the final battles in that game though, speaking of like battles taking forever, they ramp the HP way, 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 way up on the final three bosses. And so like each one of those took me about like half an hour to get through, which is fucking miserable. Cool. Yeah. Especially the like the final ship boss that you have to fight in that you have like one opportunity to use your special attack, which deals the most damage to it. And then it never gave me another opportunity to do it ever again. And like every now and then it would take a break and say like, 
hey, do we want to like pull in closer or do we want to hang back and keep firing? And I kept like trying to alternate between those thinking that it would change up, you know, the opportunity to use the cannon. Because like in addition to needing the SP for it, you need to be on like a, a grid block that lets you use it. Uh, so the game even then kind of like meters out when you can and when you can't. So you're not just firing it all the time. Uh, and like, you know, maybe an eighth into his HP bar just never gave me the option to use it ever again. So that sucked. It was bad. Especially because he can like drain damn near all my ship's HP. So I would always have to burn a turn healing myself up and then like another turn guarding so I could survive into the next round. Which would like only let me fire two attacks, which would do about like ten thousand damage, and that fucker has like three hundred fifty thousand HP. So, uh... I really like how you go through all this, and you're like, "This uh, battle system really sucks. And it's boring." And then uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions is one of the best battle systems in RPGs, <laughs> and you were like, ah, "I played one dungeon of it." And, uh it's the other stuff around. It's the opposite of Skies of Arcadia, where I like the battle system and I hate everything else. Garbage. I just don't care for the, the world of... What'd you call me? I said you're garbage. Well, I said yes, you suck. that's true, but... You're an ignoramus. I'll show you. I'm going to inject myself with the Blanca juice. She's <laughs> oh, no. at you. <laughs> that's right. Well, fine. I'll inject myself with Blanca juice, too. Mirror match it. Mm. Then what? We'll just both sit in the We're corner introducing... of the screen, crouching and shooting lightning. We're introducing 64 player Blanca matches, except the netcode's not going to work. Great. Yeah. Blanca Royale. Yeah. Ooh. Actually, yes. <laughs> Do that. What? Drop 100 Blancas into the jungle. I should have made like a side scroller that was just a Sonic ripoff, but it was Blanca. Like, you still did a spin <laughs> dash and everything, but it was just Blanca doing it. That'd be pretty good. Uh... Like a cross between that and, um,. Donkey Kong Country. That'd be cool. I've been thinking a lot about the Donkey Kong Country games lately. I, I bet really you have. Back to them. Why? What would what would precipitate that? Why would you think that I would be thinking about Donkey Kong? I don't know. You think about a lot of weird old games that nobody really should care about. The Donkey Kong Country games aren't weird old games. They're just old games. <laughs> Two of them are very good. One of them, not. Yeah, the first one's not great. Um, I was thinking about the third one. The third one sucks. Mm, disagree. That's just because it has Baby Kong in it. You don't oh, like that's babies. That's a large part of it. Oh, definitely. But also, I I don't think that third game is very good. I don't know. I got to get back to it and, and play it again. It's been a very long time. Yeah, me too. I haven't played it properly since it came out. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I can say for sure the first one, not good. I, I have the first played that one, recently. Uh, a couple of years ago, I played the first one again, and I still enjoy it. But yes, it's not like two is the best one. Oh yes, yeah. yes, two's great. Yeah, and uh, Skies for Arcadia, pretty good overall. Uh, I, a lot of people on the internet, including you, kept telling me to play the GameCube version of it. Uh, one of the main things that people like to cite is that the encounter rate is improved. I think people misremember the Dreamcast version of that game because the encounter rate is fine. And, like, I don't know how much of that is. I've been playing shit like Pure Solar yep. and Final Fantasy X where the encounter That's rate it. is terrible. You've been poisoned. But, like, 
No, that like that's the thing is a lot of like when you're in a dungeon, you know, you got like several maps. Eventually, you're going to go through a door and it's going to have to load in the next area. So you have like different floors, different rooms in a dungeon. There were a lot of times where I would just have like one encounter for an entire room before having to load into the next, and that felt fine. Like the the areas where the encounter rate was really rough was just in a few set dungeons where for whatever reason they decided to turn the number up. So okay. like the, the final dungeon, the encounter rate was lousy. Like I was just getting into fights constantly and everything looked exactly the same. So by the time I would get out of a fight, I'd be very disoriented and have to kind of get my bearings again. And then by the time I turn around, I just end up getting into another fight. Uh, battles in the air are are very rough with that. And I think that's what people remember is the encounter rate in the overworld is very, very shitty. But like yes. when you're actually in a dungeon, it is not bad. I actually, that makes me wonder if maybe that is actually what was specifically changed on the GameCube. I would have to think so. And because you spend so much time just bumming around the air, it wouldn't shock me if that's the thing that people remember. Could but, be. Like I swear I swear to you, when you get into a dungeon the encounter rate is fine. Okay. I never played the GameCube or uh Dreamcast one, so I only play on GameCube. I think part of the problem too is just a lack of enemy variety in the overworld because generally it's just the same exact enemies, even if you're in like different geographical locations, it's just the same enemy but it's a different color. So after a while, your eyes just kind of glaze over because you're like, oh, great, I just I want to get to this city, and this is the fifth time I've had to fight these weird, like, octopus guys. Or jellyfish, rather, not octopuses. Okay. There's no octopus enemies in this game, actually, I don't think. That's weird. Yeah. I think there'd be more octopuses. Yeah, a sky kraken. Ooh. I mean, there's, there's a, a whale. There's some... Yeah, rocktum. Yeah. Who you never actually fight. Well, yeah. It's like uh, lying there although, dead. Although, yeah. The whole story with that, though, is, is sad, but also very good. With uh, the Drachma's son and his crew getting eaten by it. Mm -hmm. But then they, like, they both get attacked, and so they just kind of have to, like, spend a while down there in that dungeon together, and he ends up, like, feeling sorry for it. Ratings. That's a whole, uh... Oh, but have you ever actually beaten Skies of Arcadia? No! So, you know, I, I to... told you I never finished a JRPG well, until for Persona the... 4 Golden. For the purpose of the podcast, I wanted to lead you to giving an answer. I know that you haven't. Alright. Uh, no, when they're doing the whole thing about, like, here's where the characters are now, the, the biggest gut punch in Skies of Arcadia was when Drachma came up, and it's like, he went back to being a fisherman and died shortly after the events of the game. <laughs> it's like, fuck, man. Well, he was old. No. Yes, but also, fuck. Like, I didn't want to, I wanted all the characters to just, like, ride off into the sunset and be happy. And it's just like, I don't know, a couple months later, Drachma fucking died. R.I.P. Drachma. That's a bummer. Rest in peace, Drachma. Ratings, uh, ratings for Skies of Arcadia. Uh, hmm. Well, there's six different moonstones in the game, and so I would have to say that it's five moonstones out of six. It's very good overall. There's very little holding it back from being basically a perfect RPG. Uh, and so I would also <laughs> the throw in... playing it. Except for the part where you play it. Uh, it but, you know, it, it's, it's so charming. I'll, I'll throw in an extra cham that you could feed to your cubal to turn it into a claymore. 
What? A cham that you can feed to your cupel so you can turn it into a claymore. Those are words that make sense to people who have beat Skies of Arcadia, which All is right. not you, Larry Davis. <laughs> okay. You remember cupel, right? No! Well, it's the blob guy that Fina uses to attack. It's like a chow. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. But not sure. quite a chow. Feed your mag. Yes, it's it exists in that space between a mag and a chow. Mm -hmm. Mags are way cooler. Where everyone just... Yeah, mags are great. Float around, they shoot things. Uh, also, uh, we forgot to mention in the news thing about the other Batman game. That kind of goes along with the Suicide Squad thing. Oh. What was the other Batman game? The one uh, WB Montreal's doing, the Court of Owls one. Oh, right. Which we'd yeah. already known about, but that's going to be announced at Fandom. But the main thing with that is that supposedly it's coming out this November, so that'll be a launch game for new consoles whenever finally come out someday. I'm still wondering matter. what's going to happen first, the consoles coming out or Joe Biden picking a vice president. Consoles. Yeah, you're probably right. He's going to pick that, his actually. vice president after the election. Oh, God. That would be kind of amazing. I don't think that he can, actually, legally, but it would be pretty great if he did. Or if he just, like, never got around to it, you know? Whatever. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just Mike Pence again. He never picks anyone, so Mike Pence <laughs> just hangs out at the White House. Wouldn't put it past him at this point. I don't know. Do you uh, see him, God. like, weirdly caressing the disabled guy's face? <laughs> no. It's like, uh, there's, it's a guy who's, like, paralyzed in a wheelchair and uh, has one of those, you know, Stephen Hawking-type voice things. And Joe like comes up to him and leans in and like starts stroking his face in a weird way and says like don't let your disability define you or something. And you can see the guy like moving his eyes like what the fuck get this guy away from me. Uh, it's oh boy it's so bad. Anyway. I, I uh God, I'm trying to remember the name of the movie. But, like, I'm just thinking about Joe Biden doing that and the, the dude's facial features just moving around like clay. Like that scene from that movie they used in Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh. You, you remember what I'm talking about? Like, that's an actual movie and I'm blanking on what the name isn't of that it like, is. But... Isn't that from a scene in, like, Better Off Dead? I'm trying to remember. Um, I'm looking it up right now. I don't know. Hold on, I have to I have to turn off stuff on no script so I can see the name of the movie on ComedyCentral.com. <laughs> uh, okay. By the way, my U block is now doing the thing where ads are starting to play on YouTube, but they so, don't actually start up, so it's just a white screen that says skip ad. Yes, so that's mine's neat. doing that too. I think they've sort of gotten around the ad thing, uh, at least kind of in a way. At least I don't have to actually mm. look at the ads. Now I can just click the skip ad thing. So that's an improvement. It was from an episode of The Outer Limits uh, oh. called The Hundred Days of the Dragon. Okay. I was I yeah. was thinking it would be like something from like a claymation segment from a Savage Steve Holland movie. I haven't seen Miss Doubtfire since it came out, and I remember pretty much nothing from it. It was not good. I, I've I remember seen it, something uh, about in the last uh, a drive by, a run by fruiting, right? Yes. 
It's the yeah. only part I remember. That and when he sets his boobs on fire. <laughs> well, those are the two scenes. That's all you need. Exactly. Uh, I remember him getting fired at the start of the movie from his voice acting gig because, like, it's a Tweety Bird cartoon kind oh, of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Except, like, the bird smokes. And uh-huh. so he starts, like, hacking and coughing. Because, uh, you know, he, he wants to send a good message for the kids uh, in this cartoon with a smoking bird that totally exists in the 1990s. Mm-hmm. Though I'm pretty sure they didn't allow cartoon characters to smoke by the 1990s. I thought the Joe Camel thing was like the 80s, where that all got settled. No, Joe Camel was in the 90s, but they still, like, you weren't having, like, Saturday morning cartoons with characters smoking in them. Yeah, Tweety Bird wasn't smoking in the 90s. He quit that in the 70s. Yeah, I mean, he actually he did back then. I, that was before... That, that was when he was, like, pink. He didn't have... Feathers, I think he smoked Anyway sure. Look, I can't keep track of all the smoking Looney Tunes I, I feel that they all Sucked down some sweet, sweet nicotine At some point Oh sure, uh, also like to put on blackface And all sorts of other stuff But that's beside oh, the point Oh, did they? <laughs> oh yeah, no, they loved it <laughs> uh, So, moving on uh, Final segment of the episode So if you have no interest in this You can turn it off and we'll see you next week it's Comics Corner, baby! Goodbye, dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> this week, we're talking about the newest Ed Brubaker, Sean Phillips joint, Pulp, which is a graphic novella, pretty short, about 80 pages or so. Uh, same format as uh, My Heroes Have Always Been Junkies, which was actually a criminal book, which for some reason they did not advertise as being a criminal book, even though it totally was. It ties into it at the end This one is not unrelated uh, To Criminal But Still very good uh, Why do you want to start off Tell me about Pulp What, what are your thoughts Well, So the first thing is I, I really actually don't like the name uh, I think that instead they should have called the comic Let's Kill Some Nazis So it could be more upfront about its subject matter Well, uh, Because I was expecting something very different no, I think this is a great title because it refers to both the pulp westerns that the guy wrote and Well, I don't really out, know what that is try, <laughs> Turned out to be semi-autobiographical And then also sort of has a reflection in the like the present day storyline Which sort of recalls pulp stories from later on Like sort of a Death Wish type thing Yeah, uh, I actually do like the name, I'm just... <laughs> just fun and... Uh, yeah, I, I actually along. did. I did like. Um, so I actually thought that th- this was going to go into a different direction at first, uh, specifically with him kind of getting back into doing robberies. And I thought it was just going to be about him kind of going deeper and deeper into that. Like, oh, he gets a taste of it again and then he wants to keep keep going. And then it would be like kind of a tragic ending. Right. Uh, but it subverted that a bit i mean he does go deeper into doing heist uh but yeah, specifically a, to screw over nazis for a so. bit it sort of seems like it's gonna get a little uh parkery in a way yes yeah but yeah it kind of goes around pulls that. back from that yeah. uh so this yeah, story uh, about um oh, what was his name max winter uh it's a good name it is. It's in uh, 1930s New York, and he is a writer for a magazine. Uh, publishes Short for like maximum, a, maximum winter. 
yeah. <laughs> he's a writer for a magazine that publishes old western stories um and westerns are on the outs uh yep. the magazines run out of money can't pay him much money anymore uh, notably he gets a hundred dollars for this latest story which is below his usual rate but you know, 1930s uh, it's not too bad Bucks is a lot of money yeah, yeah. Uh, he's he's loaded says the guys who end up jumping him yeah and stealing all his money i mean the guy he does say like you should be lucky you're out there with a hundred bucks in your pocket and he's kind of right yeah. even though that guy does really suck and stiffs him but um oh, sure. not just not just stiffs him but just takes that guy's uh you know his his stories and his characters and it's just like yeah i've been having my dumbass cousin just write these <laughs> yeah. stories you don't know about it because you don't read this fucking magazine and yeah. i'm paying this dude pennies because he's stupid yeah i mean you look you had a heart attack you might die we all know yeah well, you keep your stories going long after your death, you, man. You signed over your rights too, so see ya. Uh, yeah. So yeah, he uh, goes to Subway, sees some guys harassing a like an Orthodox Jew, and tries to get in the way, and ends up getting beaten up and has a heart attack. So, and of course robbed. So he goes home. Uh, meets his. She's not his wife, I think. Just like his girlfriend, I guess. It never yeah. says that they're married. He had a wife in the past. Uh, but it reveals that these Western stories that he was writing about, the the Red River Kid, I think it is, were basically yeah. autobiographical about him and his friend who he called Heck in the stories. What was his real name? Hector. <laughs> no. No, I don't remember. I like, actually don't recall. It's like started with an S or something. Anyway, Sam, I think. No, I don't know. Anyway, I um, don't remember. And then he ends up at a bar and meets up with the, or no, no, before this, he uh, decides yeah, he needs whole... money, and so yeah, because his whole thing with his girlfriend is that she wanted to like settle down in Queens, yes, and like have a house in in their name, which they don't have. They live in an apartment building, mm-hmm. uh, in some scum fuck part of New York, because uh, he don't he don't make much money selling yeah. these stories, I guess. Yeah, so uh, so he has to go get some cash. He's like, I know, I'll do a robbery. Um, oh yeah. Because there are uh, neo-Nazi, or well, not even neo, just actual Nazi marches happening uh, in counter-protests yeah. and everything. And so he sees the box office getting picked up, and he watches the truck like take it around and devises a plan. And just as Which he's, I like by the way, because he's like he's casing this thing, but his plan is ultimately. I'm going to walk up to them in broad daylight with a gun and tell them to give me the money. Yeah, and I like how he still has his old, like, western revolver that's his gun that he's using. Yeah. It's like nine miles that's long. Uh, but yeah, and then just gets grabbed by a guy who's like, what? No, don't. You're going to get shot. And it turns out it's uh, Pinkerton who was on his trail back when he was an outlaw. Yeah. Why, you know. Those old, uh, all those old Pinkertons. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I'm looking at something. Okay, <laughs> um, I, I thought it was going to be your turn yeah. to take up this part. 
<laughs> Instead, you're just like, oh, uh, okay. old Pinkertons. So the, the, <laughs> the, the Pinkerton guy whose name is, uh, I forget his first name, his last name is Goldman, right? It's there, Goldberg. Or, it's something Jewish. Yeah, I know that. Yes, it's something Jewish. They, I mean, that that is a point that they bring up. Yeah. It's not us. They they bring up the fact that it's a very Jewish-sounding name. Yeah. Uh, but he's just like, hey, man, there's these Nazis. They suck. Uh, they're they're also loaded. And what if we stole the Nazis' money? Because uh, he's also upset with uh, like one Nazi in particular who routinely beats his own like his uh. Was it his sister or was it the Nazi's girlfriend? It's just Nazi's girlfriend. Nazi's girlfriend, okay. For some reason, I, I had it in my mind it was the Nazi's sister who, who stayed with him or something like that. But... Yeah, she just like lives in the same apartment complex as him. Yeah, but uh, she's routinely getting beaten, and Goldman is, is getting fed up of this and also just does not like Nazis in general, nor should he, nor should anyone. Uh, so he comes up with this plan, but he needs another man on the job, and so that is why he uh, approaches our main character, whose name I'm Max. also forgetting again. Thank you. I'm bad at this. Maximum um, Winter, remember? That's right, Maximum Winter. Um, and so, like, they they know where like the money is being taken, and the idea is that they're going to take advantage of a Nazi um, rally that is going on using that as a distraction to get in there and take the money because there would be fewer people in the building at that point in time. Uh, they have a whole plan set up and then it goes sideways immediately because Goldman just kicks the fucking door down and is like, check this out, man. I'm going to shoot all of you. Uh-huh. Anyway, what he steals is not money, though. He steals a bunch of papers. Right. Uh, which... Ledgers specifically indicating uh, their transactions with banks. Yes, uh, and with notable figures, senators and the like. Right. Because uh, he makes a point to to bring up how many people are actually Nazis that you would not know about. Uh, nowadays, though, I feel like that's a lot less obfuscated. <laughs> a but, you know. Although, I don't whatever. know. Like, you, you, I, I bet they were probably planning on specifically naming Deutsche Bank in the story, because I feel like that's who it's yes. actually about. Uh, yeah, because they were known to have uh, been doing this stuff. Also, yeah. you know, Ep Epstein, our pal Jeffrey Epstein had a lot of dealings with them as well. They're into a lot of good stuff. It turns out. Oh sure. Um, yeah, yeah, very reputable bank. That's where put all, put all your money in there. I mean, as far as banks go, <laughs> I don't know. Were they, were they also? Yeah. Wolf of Wall Street wasn't that? Uh, he was also going through Deutsche Bank. Uh, probably okay. I feel like it was that or JP that Morgan was. Or something Though They do a lot of shady yeah. business too uh, Banks fucking suck yeah. uh, But Anyway The point is they get all these, these ledgers And uh, Max has again Had a heart attack And is in the hospital Had a heart attack as he's driving the getaway car Right. Coleman's just fucking dumping Out the back of it at these Nazis that are chasing them Which is uh, great yeah, which he, he gets a whole lot of shots out of that break-action shotgun. <laughs> That's uh, right. There's even one panel where it's specifically showing that he shot three times in a row at the car behind him. I don't know how that happened, but... Sure. Anyway. 
but as Max is laying in this hospital bed, uh, he's a little pissed off that there wasn't any money to steal because he was promised a box full of money that he could carry out of there with him. And Goldman is explaining that, hey, you know, these ledgers are tied to banks and stuff like that. I'm going to blow the lid off this whole operation. And Max is like, why do you give a shit? And he's like, uh, dude, Goldman. Yeah. What the fuck, man? Like, maybe I got a problem with Nazis. Yeah. Max, you're a little slow on the uptake there. Uh, yeah. Look, but, you had a heart attack, not a stroke. Like, you should be able to follow along with this. Yeah. But, like, in between all of this, he's Max is reminiscing about his time in the Old West and how he was yes. a bandit and everything. And he saw himself as one of the good ones, like a charming one. Uh, and yeah. there are also parts where he talks about like one of the guys of his uh, troop that Goldman had shot through the back of the head, and Max was just like, "Yeah, I didn't care. He sucked. Like, he was yeah, one of the he... kinds that wanted to hurt people, which is not good." Yes, uh, uh, specifically, Max had to stop him a few times from raping people. Yeah, he was like the um, Micah Bell from Red Dead Redemption Two <laughs> oh, of the no. group. Uh, but yeah, th- this also helps him develop this understanding that, like, he also assumed that all Pinkertons were bad people, and he's not necessarily sure that Goldman is necessarily a good person, but that Goldman at least believes in his kind of justice. Right, uh, and... Uh, even though by the end of this, like, there's no way Goldman is not a good person, <laughs> like... Well, I mean, the Pinkertons really sucked. Yes, uh, no, but... the, the Pinkertons were... were were bad but yeah. like goldman goldman he's at least as he's a trying to do right yes like he's trying to protect this woman who he sees get beaten every single day he's trying to like stop the nazis in his city he has a genuine reason to fight that goes beyond just wanting money yeah. or and... wanting to hurt somebody and likewise max does too because he even though he wants money he wants money specifically for his girlfriend because he knows that he's not going to last much longer and also he wants to leave her with something so even though goldman does lie to him about sort of why they're going there and what they're doing he's like hey yeah. here you go here's a deed for a house in queens and a bank account with eight thousand dollars in it there you go yeah so he does hold and, up uh, his end of the bargain and for a while that's good enough for max until he ends up uh coming across goldman getting carried out on a stretcher uh he's fucking dead his neck got snapped because he got thrown down some stairs yeah uh, because he got into it with uh that that nazi dude in his apartment again Uh and so uh max is completely fed up at this point and decides to just you know strap his bandolier on again and go to where all the nazis hang out yeah which he helpfully had uh, marked on a map in his apartment (laughs) that's right uh, and then basically the the scene from Kingsman happens <laughs> a little bit, but it's a, <laughs> just a tiny tiny bit. It's a really good bit here where he goes into the bar and he's like, uh, "Hey, are you are you the Nazi guy, uh, the girl's boyfriend or whatever?" And he's like, "Yeah, who's asking?" And he's like, "A friend of Goldman's." Blam, and it's That's like right. cutting between him blowing guys' face off with like cuts back to the old west and everything, and. uh and he gets shot a bunch too, but he takes a whole lot of yes. them with him. Yeah, and and there's this monologue that's happening at the same time where Max kind of realizes that no matter how romantically he might have thought of his past, he was still just a killer. 
Well, it's not necessarily that he thought of it that way. He says something about it was the stories they told his daughter where he had like cleaned them up and sort of made him out to be a hero yeah. of the old west and yeah. then he kind of just but continued he was... thinking that way about it like for the stories yeah. that he wrote in the magazine and but he was never that pure like yeah. his past was still messy and in those like final moments he is just kind of embracing what it was and uh also murdering nazis which is always a good thing yeah uh because there's a bit where goldman says something about how the world belongs to the monsters and yeah. uh Max is thinking like that's right But that doesn't have to be how it is It shouldn't be that way And that's the end Yep It's a good comic Yes it was I Uh, enjoyed it a whole lot Me too Uh, It's almost as though You should read all of the things that Brubaker and Phillips have done I should All good except for Incognito Which I did not like Mm. But They've been especially like I feel like they just keep getting better in a lot of ways. Uh, Criminal has been good all the way through, but specifically like this, the fade out, um, eh, killer be killed. I, it was all right. I guess that's that it's can... a little bit weaker. Well, that's just Criminal though. That was just two issues of Criminal they Gotham's put out. Gotham Central. Yeah, that wasn't Sean Phillips though. I I yeah, think it was still pretty good. Yes, but. Like Brubaker Phillips is a specific combo that means a certain yeah. thing. It's like uh, Azarello and uh, oh god, how do I Russo. pronounce the last name? Russo. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, I, yeah. I agree with uh, those, that. Or those... Bermeo. Like both of those yeah. are specific combos that mean very different things. Yeah, you get a very specific flavor out of it, even though you may be familiar with each individual part. Mm-hmm. Um. So now. It's like having a... Have a mixed drink, you know. Yeah, you, you have a little gin. That's okay. You have a little, little vodka. That's fine. You mix two of them together. You got a you got a hundred bullets. That's I don't how know. That works. I'm not a boozer, a booze hound like you, and I don't care. No. Um, no. So now, Brubaker Phillips. I I guess criminals kind of just done, at at least for the moment. Um, once they finished up Cruel Summer, which was kind of their, a big arc, because now. They're doing uh, Reckless, which will be a series of original graphic novels, kind of like this, but longer, about double the length. Uh, said of, mm. they would be about 140 pages or so each. They're going to put out like three of those next year. And it's going to be a, like a... What was the, the yeah. Private Eye series? Rockwell uh, Files? Whatever. No, Sure. That sounds like a it's private a, eye It's series. about Sam Rockwell. Uh-huh. That's a private eye. I don't know. I never watched so it. It's the, it's the James Garner series people really like. I don't care. Mm. Um, So it'll be that kind of private eye thing with... The, I don't know if each... I think each book is supposed to be like a separate story. But maybe ties together in some way. But I'm looking forward to that. Reckless coming next year from Image, I assume. But ratings for pulp. Oh, you give uh, it. Well, uh, six bullets inside a revolver, I'd give it a uh, six out of six. <laughs> Fully loaded. Okay, I will give it a 9.5 out of 10. We can give it a full I, 10. It's too many numbers. It doesn't make any <laughs> sense. All right. 
Yes, highly nine, recommended. Nine point uh, five. Come on, fractions. Ugh, decimals. Ah, get out of here. Good goodbye, dinosaurs. Goodbye, <laughs> this dinosaurs. Is the, end of the podcast. Are you are you all right? I'm mad at you. You didn't ruin this. Oh no! You ruined it more than my brain problems of not re- being able to remember TV series titles. What did I do? I didn't mean to do anything. Just not a fan of your rating system. I don't think it's very good. It's not intuitive. You don't need to make the audience do math, man. If if you'd on. given them five out of six, what would that be a percentage? Like, <laughs> don't g- make give me, me do that. math. <laughs> I'm saying maybe fucking... yours is a little less clear. I don't understand how percentages work, first of all. I know. Number one. Secondly, number two. Okay. Uh, we need to end the podcast. What What is so... 9.5 out of 10? What percentage would that be? Um, Like 90. <laughs> no. Give another shot. I'm sure you can figure it out. It's 9.5 out of 10? Yeah. Oh, uh, (laughs) 9.5%. Goodbye, dinosaurs. Goodbye, dinosaurs. Dinosaurs didn't have to do math. No, they're dead. That's why they all died. And you think Rockford Files is cool. But there are some things that you would change. Norman Reedus. Fuck yeah.